Hello and welcome back to the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast. Thank you very much indeed for tuning into this episode. Today is going to be a little short episode um, to talk about uh, an article I wrote recently for my own website, PeterMackayMotorsport.com and DriveTribe.com as well about homologation specials. And you're thinking, what on earth is a homologation special? Well, some of the most revered and rare and special road cars, um, things like E30, M3, the Lancia Delta Integrale, the Mercedes CLK GTR, there's many of them. But I wanted to, to write an article about one particular brand that have produced some really special homologation specials, uh, and that's Ford. Um, not necessarily known as an exotic brand as such, but they've actually produced some of the most desirable vehicles ever produced for motoring enthusiasts. Uh, and there's a couple of them, both past and present, that I wanted to talk about in the article. So I shall read it for you now. I hope you enjoy it and would love to hear from you what you think. So, Ford's iconic homologation specials. Controlling spending is a perennial problem in motorsport. On countless occasions, motor racing series have collapsed from gluttony. If manufacturers are given a free rein to spend as much as they please, the sport becomes an arms race. Then, in the not-so-distant future, manufacturers either get bored of winning or losing and take their ball to play somewhere else. At present, the cost-effective Formula E paddock is welcoming all of these manufacturers with open arms. Over the years, many methods have been used to try and control spending in motorsport. One such example is when governing bodies determine that a manufacturer must build a certain number of road-going examples of their race car. In theory, this prevents manufacturers from developing one-off prototypes at huge cost. Also, this allows the sport to be more relatable to road cars sold by manufacturers. However, like most rules, those willing to gain an edge can do so. Enter the homologation special. In short, a homologation special is a road car which is built for the sole purpose of adhering to racing regulations. Many of the most coveted, iconic road cars ever built are homologation specials. The Ford Motor Company, a firm with a rich motor racing heritage, created three incredibly desirable automobiles to satisfy its motor racing ambitions. As a result, two iconic names emerged, the RS200 and the GT. The Ford RS200, arguably the ultimate homologation special. Created from scratch with zero compromises towards road use, in the 1980s, Group B rally regulations dictated that manufacturers must build 200 road-going examples of their rally car, hence the name RS200. Powered by a 1.8-litre turbocharged BDT engine, the road car produced around 250 horsepower. However, the BDT engine was itching for more. In retirement from the world's rally stages, the RS200 was widely campaigned as a rallycross car and even entered the infamous Pikes Peak hill climb. In Pikes Peak trim, the engine allegedly produced 8 
hundred horsepower. Like many homologation specials, rules were followed as loosely as possible. Group B regulations stated that 200 cars had to be built. Nowhere in the rulebook was there a stipulation to sell the cars. In an era of endless forums and web pages, determining how many RS200s existed is impossible. However, a letter from R.B. Howe of Ford Motor Company on the 13th of February 1995 confirmed that 146 cars had been sold, not 200. FISA played the role of the homologation police in the Group B era and granted the RS200 homologation for competition. On a visit to, re to the Reliant factory, yes, the three-wheeler, where the cars were built, FISA officials were shown 200 built RS200s. In truth, many of the cars were not finished vehicles, and it is believed many of these cars were broken up for parts. I suspect FISA officials were quickly ushered to the nearest restaurant for a long lunch before suspicions had the chance to kick in. In World Rally competition, the RS200 was a total flop. One lone podium in Sweden and tragically involved in a fatal accident in Portugal in 1985, the RS200 lived a short life on the stages. Despite this, the four-wheel drive rally replica is renowned as one of the rarest and most revered cars in history. At time of writing, just 12 RS200 remain registered on the road in the United Kingdom. 24 more sit tucked away with statutory off-road notification notices. RS200s very rarely come up for sale, but a top example will now command half a million dollars. The Ford GT, past and present. As one of the largest automotive manufacturers in the world, the Ford Motor Company don't do things by halves in motorsport. From humble beginnings when Henry Ford raced his own self-built racer sweepstakes to the multi-million dollar onslaught on the 2016 Le Mans 24-hour race, Ford have been a regular competitor in motorsport. In 1964, Ford brashly arrived with an elegant prototype, the Ford GT. After quietly minding their own business on home turf for generations, Henry Ford and the company's senior management plotted their assault on the European motor racing establishment. Ford had been set to acquire Enzo Ferrari's beloved company and, crucially, control over his motor racing activity. Essentially, the Detroit powerhouse would acquire all the precious Ferrari motor racing expertise and, therefore, buy their way into the winner's circle. At the 11th hour, with purple ink pen in hand, Enzo realised he would relinquish control of his race team. Despite the impending financial doom for Ferrari, having snubbed the multi-million dollar sale, racing would never be compromised. Enzo sent the American executives home with the contract in tatters. Ford management were livid. So livid that they decided to flex their muscles and build a car to beat Ferrari at their happiest hunting ground, Le Mans. Ferrari had won the 24-hour of Le Mans on the previous six occasions, therefore a special car would be required. Enter Carroll Shelby, 
Ken Miles and Phil Remington. Ford approached the enigmatic Texan and his team of engineers to build a machine that could humiliate Ferrari. Shelby knew precisely how to win the famous race. Despite chronic heart problems, Shelby triumphed in 1959 with Roy Salvadori in the gorgeous Aston Martin DBR1. Britain Ken Miles was chosen by Shelby for his telepathic ability to identify issues in a race car and fix them quickly. Miles, although the wiser side of 40, was still a genius behind the wheel and crucially possessed mechanical sympathy. A key trait for success on the long straights and heartbreaking of Le Mans and the vicious bumps of Sebring. Remington's ability to fabricate updates for the GT in record time was majestic. During the six-year factory programme, he produced many iterations of the GT. In various guises, Ford's GT won Le Mans four times in a row, culminating with arguably the most iconic car ever made, the Gulf livery Ford GT40. Despite the Ford GT existing as what we know today as a Le Mans prototype, these extraordinary vehicles did make it onto the road. In the late 1970s, Border Reavers legend Doug Niven came agonisingly close to acquiring one of these Le Mans bred monsters. I quote, A local farmer was selling a GT40 for £5,000. I inquired about it, but it was a lot of money in those days and I was still racing, so I decided against it. At the time of writing, according to Haggerty.com, a 1965 Ford GT40 road car is valued at $4.5 million. A firm very much in touch with its heritage and still under family guardianship, Ford threw the ultimate anniversary party in 2016, to mark 50 years since the 1966 triumph against Ferrari at Le Mans. Ford developed a car to go back to the circuit della Sarthe and topple their Italian rivals once more. Since their defeat at the hands of, the, of Ford in 1966, Ferrari haven't won Le Mans outright since. However, they have retreated to the GT class with great success. For auto manufacturers, GT racing provides an excellent opportunity to race cars that silhouette their road-going models. At Le Mans, the GT classes are pure glamour. Ferrari 488s, Porsche 911s, Corvettes and Aston Martin Vantages. Ford decided they would join the party too. However, their approach was different to the others in the class. Porsche, Ferrari, Corvette and Aston Martin begin with a model from their range of road cars and then develop this into a race car. Ford produced a road car specifically to homologate for racing, thus reviving the homologation special. Ford's creation was so advanced that when the car came to the grid at the Rolex 24 at Daytona in 2016, it needed its wings clipped. With a top speed of 216 miles per hour, the road car would disappear into the sunset down the Mulsanne Strait. Therefore, the race specification GT was strangled by balance of performance regulations to preserve parity in competition. Ford's new GT emulates the elegant curves of the 1960s GT, a fitting tribute to Shelby, Miles and Remington's masterpiece. 
Starting from scratch, engineers in a top-secret bunker in Dearborn had crafted their perfect Le Mans racer without compromise. Ford had the luxury of hand-picking who could purchase these £420,000 pieces of Le Mans history. Demand far outstripped supply, leading to some tense phone calls to those who missed out. Now that the two-year don't-you-dare-sell-it clause has expired, Ford GT owners are starting to offer the cars for sale. Want one? No change should be expected from $1 million. Much like the RS200, the aura around the GT will only grow over time. Performance cars come and go, but homologation specials have such intriguing background offering a look back into motorsport history on the public highway. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that article and the story about two of Ford's most famous vehicles that were born from the racetrack. Of course, there are so many other examples just in Ford's, you know, in Ford's uh, um, product range and in its history. But the RS200 and the GT have such a fantastic backstory and how they, they came about. Um, Perhaps in future I'll delve into some other brands and some of their homologation specials. There have been some fantastic examples over the years, um, but that's for another day. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to this article. If you enjoyed the content, please check out some of our other episodes on the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast. You can subscribe on your chosen uh, podcast platform and then you never miss an episode. You can follow us on Instagram, which is at Peter Mackay Motorsport, um, via Twitter, which is at Mackay Podcast. Facebook is simply the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast. Or finally, you can go online to my website, which is www.petermackaymotorsport.com. Thanks very much for listening, and I look forward to speaking to you again very soon. <laughs>